Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome. Welcome to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. My name is Reverend Dahlia, and I am honored to be here with you today. Today we are talking about feasting and fasting. And in our culture, that's, that's a thing. You know, people have endless opportunities or types of fasts they can go on. And we also have endless opportunities to to eat, to consume things to our heart's delight. So culturally, if you looked up fasting, you would get all sorts of options on the internet. And the experience oftentimes is um, feasting feels good, but then afterwards we might not feel so good about ourselves. And fasting often doesn't feel so good, but we do it for our health or for our weight or for our own good or for our spiritual enlightenment. But we're going to take a look at feasting and fasting a little bit differently, a little bit differently and from a spiritual, psychological perspective and it's not just about food. In fact, it's mostly not about food. And we're talking about feasting and fasting because this is the beginning of a, a Christian season called Lent. And Lent is a spiritual season of preparation and letting go. It is preparing ourselves for new life, a new way of being, a, a deeper spiritual understanding that emerges as a new life. And it's a season of letting go because, bottom line, in order to be new, we need to let go of the old. That's just very basic human evolving. We let go of the past, we move more fully into the present, and we look forward into the future. It's not just a Christian season. Throughout many spiritual traditions, there are practices of letting go in order to be more fully in the present. This is not unique to Christianity, but this is the season in the Christian world where that is the focus. So that's what we'll be talking about. That's what we'll be looking at in different ways over the next several weeks. I grew up with a notion of Lent that it was a time, I think I was, they were trying to teach me that it was a time of letting go. But when I was little, all I understood is I had to give up something for Lent. 
and I would look hard for something that wouldn't be too hard to give up. I would give up candy bars that were not my favorite. But even with those, I generally didn't last the six weeks of Lent. I saw a cartoon once where a child was looking up, talking to his mother, and said, I'm giving up homework for Lent. And I so get that, because I look for something that I thought I could be successful at letting go, but also something that I really didn't mind letting go. And as far as any deeper meeting, that's as far as it went. And it's only now in my life that I'm reflecting on what a sweet and meaningful practice this is, this, this time of preparing myself for a deeper and new way of being, and that part of that process is the letting go. In the letters to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12, it's written, One thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. So this is reminding us that within us there is always the calling to be in the presence of God, to know our oneness with God, to know the truth that we are truly children of God, not distant companions or distant acquaintances. We are, our very being is of God. And to respond to this calling to that greater awareness of who and what we are, we need to let go of those things that we have left behind and start reaching forward to that which we are called to be. And of course, it's not mentioned in that scripture, but to do that, we become first firmly planted in the present. When we let go of that past, we are able to be more fully present in each moment and in that presence, in that embodied presence that we are, we come to know in a deeper way the one presence that is God. And we come to feel that call to be all that we can be even more deeply. But as long as we're ruminating about the past, as long as we're rehearsing our regrets, as long as we're condemning ourselves for things done or undone in the past, that call of God gets muted and forgotten. Meister Eckhart wrote, only the hand that erases can write the true thing. And that's so beautifully put, in order to, to write what is true, to know what is true of ourselves, of God, of our purpose here. It's only the hand that can erase that can allow the truth to be written. 
Lao Tzu wrote, when I let go what I am, I become what I might be. It's that same idea that in letting go, that which is in me wanting to be, wanting to express, is allowed space. We create that inner space when we let go. Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, our Unity co-founder, wrote a book called Keep a True Lent. It's a classic in Unity. It's well with, worth reading. And in that book, he wrote, to observe Lent, we must fast from criticism and condemnation and feast in brotherly love. So we let go of the things that block our experience of love. We let go of the anger, the criticism, the negative thinking that interferes with our knowing that each and every moment we are enfolded in the love of God and we express that love to ourselves and to each other. So in Lent, Charles Fillmore recommends that we actively let go of ways of thinking, ways of being, and to immerse in love. To fast from means to loose and let go. There's a story, to me, it's, it feels right on. Check it out whether it works for you or not. But once upon a time, many, many years ago, and this is apparently a true story because there is physical evidence that supports it. But the, and I forget where this was, whether it was, I, I'm not going to guess because I'll guess wrong. But there were monks that were caring for a, a very large and beautiful Buddha that was cast in gold, a golden Buddha. And they heard that armies from neighboring countries were coming and these, they were at war. They were meaning to conquer the land that these monks lived in. And so they took mud and they covered this magnificent giant golden Buddha with mud and clay and the mud hardened and it became what looked like a clay Buddha, a very large clay Buddha. And the neighboring armies came and they conquered the land and ultimately the people were freed again and they forgot the story about the golden Buddha, but there was this very large clay Buddha that they would come and honor. And one of the monks that cared for this Buddha, the statue of the Buddha, one day was cleaning it, and a piece of the clay chipped away. And there was a, a glitter that caught his eye, and he looked more closely, and he scraped away a little bit more of the clay, and what he discovered was under the clay was gold. So he brought the other monks, and together they took away 
that layer of mud, that layer of clay that had covered the Buddha at this point for hundreds of years. And what they found was the golden Buddha. And since then, replicas have been made of the golden Buddha in honor of this story. But where it connects for me with this practice of letting go is I believe, and many spiritual masters and teachers believe this, Jesus taught it when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you. When he taught us to call our source the creator father. That within us is that which is golden. We are of God. We are essentially good because we are of God. We are magnificent because we are of God. We are golden. But in this life of ours, we get covered up with clay every time we make a mistake. You know, it's like a little bit of mud splatter that we allow to stay. In fact, we ruminate on it. We think about the mistakes we've made. We regret the things we may or may not have done. And the clay layer builds and builds and builds. And pretty soon, pretty soon we can forget that we are golden. And so these practices of letting go are practices that chip away, chip away that mud and clay, that dirt that we keep holding in mind gets chipped away and released. And little by little, or maybe even all at once, we realize that we are golden that we are precious, that we are amazing, that we are truly expressions of the divine. And this process that we're talking about, this process of letting go, is really an art and a practice. It's not simple. Sometimes it's very hard to know what is it that I let go, and what is it that I need to hold on to, and when do I stop letting go? There are sculptures by Michelangelo that line a museum in Florence, and it's the museum in which the David stands, and the David is one of his most famous pieces, and it's a magnificent, magnificent sculpture but as you walk down the hallway, and it's a big, wide hallway, to get to the David, on each side there are these unfinished sculptures by Michelangelo. And, this is, and in the sculptures, you get a human figure that has been carved out of a block of stone. But what makes it look unfinished is that this human figure looks like it's trying to release itself from the stone because pieces of it are not yet carved. Had Michelangelo, quote, finished or continued carving these pieces, he may have gotten to a human figure that was not embedded in stone, 
that looked independent of the stone that it was carved from, the way David looks, the way the sculpture David looks. But seeing these human figures bound by the stone and the struggle, the tension that you can feel because it looks like they're struggling to remove the stone that binds them is an amazing piece of art in and of itself. I, I stood there and I could feel what it's like to, to struggle to release myself from something that felt so heavy and so difficult to remove. We've all been there. We've, we've all experienced something that felt like it was just trapping us, weighing heavy on us, and, and how difficult of a struggle it is to get out of that, to release ourselves from it, to let go of the stone. How did Michelangelo know to stop where he stopped? I don't know enough art history. Did he do that on purpose? Or were those amazing pieces of art because he got tired? I don't know. But I am so glad he stopped with those right where he did. My son is an artist, and he talks to me sometimes about the most difficult part of being an artist is when he was working on a piece of art to know when to stop. And sometimes knowing that he had gone too far and he couldn't undo it, he couldn't take it back to the step before. So a part, a big part of the art is not only following the inspiration and having the skill to do so, but knowing when to stop. And so it is with ourselves when we're letting things go. Is there a piece that we really need to hold on to that is not, that is not blocking our good, that is a part of our good that was mixed in with stuff that we do need to let go? We all know, we've gone through, oh, sentimental objects or old-fashioned photographs, which ones do you throw away and which ones do you keep? And when you've gone too far a month later saying, boy, I really wish I still had that photo. You know, so there's a, a wisdom and an opening to guidance as we learn the practice of letting go. And we must ask ourselves, you know, as we do this process, ask and sit in the silence, what is it within me that is asking to be released? What is it that I must let go and then to listen for the guidance? Because there's the general guidance. There's the stuff in the books, the stuff we talk about. But truly, the answer only comes from within when you sit and ask, what is it that ask, is asking to be forgiven? What is it that's asking to be released? What is it that I must let go? Generally, we let go of things like condemnation, 
criticism, judgment, resentments, false beliefs, fear. Fear is always, but you know, I don't want to let go of my fear of snakes. I'm glad that I jump back when I see a rattlesnake. You know, so always, always listening for the guidance. Oftentimes we're called upon to let go of the past. But there are certain memories. The first moment I saw my, my son when he was born, I love having that memory come back up easily and effortlessly. So there's discernment and there is wisdom as we let go. The Course in Miracles teaches us to release the blocks to our awareness of love's presence. My guess is that that's always good guidance. If there is something blocking my ability to experience love, to receive love, to recognize love, whatever is blocking Love's presence is a good thing to release. For the awareness of love's presence is an awareness of the presence of God. It's an awareness of the truth of who we are. It is awareness of all that is good. I've been taught to ask myself, what is it? that lies between me in this moment? What is it that lies between me and my knowing the truth of who I am? Truth with a capital T. Whatever, and when I ask myself that in the silence and I sit, images come up, I get answers. And so then I can choose to let that thing go to let that thing go that is standing between me and knowing and experiencing the truth of who I am. The truth of who I am is that I am a child of God. The truth of who I am is that I am good. And whatever stands between me and my ability to know that is that which I need to release. And it might be that when I ask myself that, I'm not ready to release it. And there have been times when something has come up and another part of me says, no, 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 I want to hang on to that one for a while. So at least in that moment to say, I can't release this now, but my intention is to release this thing that stands between me and my ability to know the truth of who I am. And if I keep holding that intention, that opens the door. That's a crack in the wall that I've put up. And eventually, when I am ready, I will release that thing, and it will no longer stand between me and my ability to know who I truly am. Another question to ask ourselves 
Another question I ask myself, again, this is in the silence, and I listen for the answers that come up. What is it that stands between me and my God? Again, the answers come up. It might be, I still resent someone who hurt me, or I think they hurt me, and I'm afraid to be with them and interact with them. And, but if that's standing between me and my experience of divine presence, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Again, I may or may not be ready to release it. If I'm ready, what a beautiful experience of letting go. If I'm not yet ready, then I, I hold an intention that I want to release this. I intend to release this. And I commit to releasing this as soon as I am ready. Because we can't force ourselves to let go. You know, sometimes we feel like we're hanging over a cliff with some of the things that, you know, that we feel in danger. We don't feel like we are safe, and it feels incorrectly, but it feels that like if we let go, we might get hurt, or we will not be safe. Sometimes we need to take action to be physically safe, to remove ourselves from a situation and then let go of something that at that point is in the past. So letting go is a big part of the work. But once we let go, then we feast on that which allows us to know our full glory. We feast on that which allows us to experience the presence that is God. Charles Fillmore wrote that to feast is, an, or a feast is an appropriation in large measure. So when we feast, we, we experience an abundance of whatever it is we're feasting on. Another way that he described it is an inflow of spiritual substance. And spiritual substance is that which we experience within us or that we attribute to God that is the source of all of our good. So feasting is having an enormous experience, a very strong experience of the substance, the spiritual Substance is the source of our love, our health, our well-being, our finances, our friendships. Whatever it is that we desire emerges out of spiritual substance. So when we have released and we feast in abundance, we feast on love, all that is love. We feast on truth, with a capital T. We feast on joy, and we feast on the presence of God. And so it is. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.